have no idea what we're doing this week. Uh, just kind of playing things by ear. Um, we had a little bit more structure last time. We we're doing like the E3 roundup. You can still catch that show if you missed what we did at E3. Uh, so we're kind of in between shows right now. Uh, but uh, just kind of like hanging tight in the office. Yeah. Just settling in. Nick, Hi, you're still Aaron. here. I'm still here. That's I wasn't here last time. No, thank you for yeah. coming back. I appreciate it. And Christine, you're still here. I'm here. I also wasn't here last week. Okay, so this is some, some new stuff. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Not just like the same crew over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we actually have two very special guests this week. Do you guys want to uh, want to chime in and introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Kristen. I am the media lady at Proletariat. And we just recently moved into the space with the Fine Harmonics people. That is more than generous, calling us fine. Um, we I meant fine like... Honestly, do you're not fine. Like, like, okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Like, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. what Like how my grandpa used to say that, like, decent was the best that things could be in the 40s. Like, there was no <laughs> awesome or amazing. Like, you'd say, like, this is decent pie. Well, you people are very decent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. You're, you're like a decent pie, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I'm put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Seth, I'm the CEO of Proletariat, and you know, everyone was saying that they weren't on the podcast last week. We weren't in the office last week. <laughs> that is we true. We moved in over the weekend, and so it's been two weeks we've been here, right? Or just over a week, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. I mean, we're going officially introduced you guys last Friday. I don't know, it was kind of a whirlwind. We just kind of like got our got everything into a truck because we don't have that much stuff because we're a relatively new company and brought it over here and just unpacked it all on a Sunday afternoon, and then uh, and then we were here. Yeah, so that's really kind and of now this is <laughs> And now we've tricked you into showing up on the podcast. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Uh, this should be uh, should be pretty awesome. Um, before we get too far into things, like how did you guys get here? For people that have listened to the Harmonics podcast for a while, like they know who we are, and so they shouldn't care about us at this point. Uh, but you guys are new and exciting to them. Uh, so why don't you give them a little bit of an idea of what Proletariat's all about? Yeah, so we started, five of us started Proletariat back in October 2012 after we got laid off from our previous studio. And several of us, actually some of the founders even worked at Harmonics prior to this. Um, we have a lot of people that were in local game development around Boston at Turbine and, um, and at some other AAA studios like Insomniac and some EM Molecule folks and things like that. And we decided to come together to to make proletariat after you know we basically had a little bit of severance to get things get the ball rolling and we started with the team of five and now we're up to 17 which was like shocker we just like <laughs> woke up one day and we're like wow we're 17 people um but a lot of our background was in making team-based like multiplayer like mmo style games yep. so that's the type of thing that we're trying to build is sort of like cross-platform games like that and so that's that's the game that we're currently building which is world's domination which i assume we'll talk a little bit more about i don't know if any of you guys had a chance to play it last week when we sort of tried it out Did not get a chance to uh, we'll make sure we get you guys in on the beta and check that out score podcast working out for me already <laughs> pretty good right bonus uh so that's pretty awesome like for uh for us like we've always tried to keep us plugged into the boston gaming community as we possibly could um, and so when we heard that we were going to bring you guys into the office and then we were just going to kind of like share office space, I know that for our team, like we were really looking forward to the idea of this kind of like community building, like making sure that, uh, that we were able to connect with you guys and, um, and just kind of like just broaden the idea of 
Boston gaming community. So it's it's awesome having you guys in here and, and kind of like branching out a little bit for us. It's really valuable to be around other game developers. You know, in our previous space, we were we were with some other game devs, um, but they were kind of like a lot of them working remotely and kind of in and out of the office, so they weren't around all the time. Yeah. But it's really valuable to just be able to. We found there were times where. You know, I remember very specifically when we were working on the logo for World Domination, it, it's sort of, it's faction-based, you choose whether you're the humans or the zombies. And the logo has both colors on it, so the humans were always blue, um, but we went back and forth on whether the zombies should be green or purple, and we were like, man, purple's the bold choice, like, maybe we should do that. Yeah. But, like, we were, the team was split down the middle on voting on which one they wanted, so we just, like, got some artists from some other teams, had them look at it and give us their opinions, and we ended up going with the purple one. And so it's very much... It's great to have the feedback available where people yeah, can do definitely. that. And it's also just a, it's a nice like creative boost, right? To be able to go over and see some of the cool things that people are working on and be like, man, like that is so awesome and interesting and just is a good atmosphere. It gives you a little bit of a break from the grind of, you know, while working on games is really fun when you're like that close to it for so long, you get desensitized to like yeah, how fun it is. Definitely. And then when you can get up and go play someone else's game, you're like, man, I remember why this is fun. Yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> and especially for where you guys are, uh, are situated in the office, like, you are literally like right in the middle of the like the harmonic staff. Like we have to walk through where you guys are set up to get to the other half of the harmonics team. So it's kind of like a an interesting crystal, like the, the forced integration where we have to recognize that you guys are here and that like we're all working in the same space together, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we felt a little bad during the uh, the US World Cup game a couple of days ago because the people that were in the side offices, the harmonics folks, we were like, had we had it up on like three different TVs, but they all had different time delays on it. So <laughs> oh, someone saw something, and then forty five minutes later, forty five seconds later, someone else saw it, and then forty five seconds later, the next team did, and we were all being like so loud. Um, so we like realized all of a sudden it was one of those things. We looked around, and we we're like, oh god, we are we are definitely going to be bothering everyone else around us. <laughs> no, no. Um, but it's it's definitely really cool to to sort of have that and the the kind of serendipity of just being able to bump into people and sort of have those conversations is really nice just because even though we weren't that far away in our previous office like over in Kendall Square it was just very rare that we kind of bump into people where now especially a lot of people that had been at harmonics before it's like hey like it worked to have friends here it's like really cool to just like see them have them yeah a lot of familiar faces and I know for for Caleb especially like yeah. I know that he announced that he was leaving on the same day that we announced to the company that you guys were coming in and sharing office space with us. So I think that we we were only without him for like a week at, at the most before we ended up seeing him again. So. I don't think, I think they moved in the, the following Monday. Yeah, well, I the think they announced it Friday. And I was like, like packing his stuff. We'll see you like, Monday, I guess. Just, just leave, yeah. your, leave your stuff. Stop. Yeah, stop. Stop. Like, yeah. Yeah, we actually never really gave him a desk in the old office because we knew he was I was out of town because I was doing some travel, and so I was just like, hey, you get to sit here. There you go. Um, so, so, yeah, we, we sort of, that was kind of a surprise to him, too. And, uh, and I, you know, we had been talking about it for a little while because we knew we were going to kind of outgrow our current space. Yeah. And, um, and it was sort of a question of, of you know, if, if it could work out. I was kind of dropping hints that we, this would be really fun for us. And, and um and so it ended up working out like right, right at that moment, which was kind of funny. Uh, but it, it's good. I mean, we're we're happy to be here. I think it's definitely going to be a boost for us. Um, and it's and it's something that you know having the opportunity to do things like this is really great. Where you know we this is something that we couldn't really do before. And now we can you can come get us down the hall. And be like, yeah, hey, we're we're definitely. We want to invite you on the podcast. So. Yeah. We'll have you on the live stream soon enough. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Would you guys come on our live streams? That'd yeah. be fantastic. We'll just never stop live streaming. <laughs> never stop live streaming. How do you feel about whiskey and pickles? 
Mm. I like whiskey. Yes. I hate pickles. I'm pro pickle, but anti whiskey. Mm, all right. Well, well together. I would, yeah. I would go with both. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, it's sort of become our thing. So on Fridays we do a we do a stream where we just stream everything that goes into the game during the week. So it's like kind of like our weekly meeting, and um, and we we always it became a tradition to like have whiskey and pickles there. I can't exactly remember how it started. It was some like text conversation between a couple of the founders about <laughs> if pickle juice was a viable thing to put into a cocktail that yep. like, ended up now it's just like expected. I've heard of I feel this. like it is. Pickleback. Yeah, right? pickleback is. And so yeah. that's, that's what ended up happening and now it's just become expected. Like if I forget the pickles one week, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like people are walking out of the office. They're like, we're done. We're going home. Weekend started. So. Man. This is, see, this is a valuable culture exchange. We're learning a lot right now. Picklebacks. Shared live streams. That's fantastic. Yeah. Where are you guys going to set up the live stream? We've been doing it just in the side room that we have by us. Oh, okay. Right cool. So we've just been doing it right there because we have, we have some extra machines that we just kind of hook up to the stream. And so nice. We do it there. I actually stream, the other stream we do during the week is a development stream. So we usually do like an artist or I went on and just did some like game development stuff. Um, uh, and then uh, that ends up being, you know, probably about an hour or two. And, and it's really fun. The art streams are really awesome so yeah. we had Lauren who Lauren was here with you yeah. guys for a little while mm -hmm. um, like she has done really great ones where she goes on and just does concept work and stuff and she's it's really fun to watch you know because like it's really fun to watch the artists go and then we have the engineers go on and I thought that would be the most boring yep. thing in the world but people love it and ask really technical questions and it's it's a lot of fun so, that's awesome so we do that on Wednesdays and we do the uh, the full the, the, the sort of like weekly wrap up one on Fridays that's really cool and that's actually something that we've been trying to do a little bit more with amplitude, like trying to be more open about development, because we're like historically we've done this stuff with larger publishers who maybe didn't want us to like do open development stuff, or things have just been kind of like so on the fly that we haven't been able to coordinate things. Uh, but with amplitude, because we were able to like go through Kickstarter and kind of like open the curtain a little bit, I think that we've been trying to do more open development stuff to share more stuff on the live stream. Uh, so we should definitely talk to you guys about like how that's worked out for you and yeah. uh, like the benefit of being able to show like what's going on behind the scenes as it happens. Have you found that to be very valuable throughout the development? Yeah, I mean it's been um, it's certainly it's really fun. I think the it was an interesting transition when we started because we were doing the weekly meetings normally on Fridays, and then one day I was like, what if we just start live streaming this? And the transition was interesting because we actually everyone has to sit down on camera and like go through their stuff they did that week. Yeah. And so it's a little bit like they're kind of like putting on a performance. So we saw people you know, pushing a little bit harder to make sure that stuff looked great, which was always awesome <laughs> seeing that extra motivation. But um, but it's also just something that, that kind of is a really great team activity to just do because it makes it a little bit more, you know, we don't let people skip it, you know, because you're supposed to be yep. there. And, and so um, it's, been, it's been really awesome. The other thing, the other reason why we sort of had to do it is we don't have like, you know, a huge history. Proletariat just started. We don't have another game that people can point to. So, how can we let people know that this game we're going to make is going to be awesome, and that you know we're trying to do fun, interesting stuff without? If we were just silent until we released the game, it would that would be really hard to build it up. So what we decided to do is just can we start sooner and try to build that momentum. I mean, yeah, Kristen spends a lot of time working with that stuff. Where you know how can we how can we do outreach and build excitement for a game that isn't out yet for a company that doesn't have any previous games? Yeah. And so, like, you know, she's, she's been spending, like, a lot of time trying to work on that and make that into something because, you know, you need that. Having the Kickstarter is a great thing because now you have this, like, interested audience. We're building that from, for, like, from scratch. So yeah. that's, that's the, 
that's where you know that's where being really open with development has been great and like the feedback we get from people is awesome just people like seeing even seeing things on the live stream being like hey i wish you guys did x and every once in a while like sometimes it's completely crazy and we're like we would never do that no. but, but sometimes there's actually um some some really great stuff that comes out of that and it's and it's just cool to have that back and forth interaction and just to i think especially with the kind of age of kickstarter People want to get closer to the to the actual creators of things. Yeah, They're more interested in like the personalities behind this stuff, and it gives us an opportunity to actually do that. I mean, we have some people that come on the stream that actually like make jokes about like know who we are, which yeah. is really weird. Like we had. It's awesome um, though that this is for the first time we're starting to get those people who really like know about us as people and yeah. as a company. So it's something really amazing that's just now starting for us. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. Like it helps humanize everyone on your team like when people have complaints they know that it's not just like something that they can yell into the void it's like oh this is a real person that like i can I, like attach a name and a face to so that's going to inform how the community interacts with you guys and then also hopefully it, it works the other way too where everyone on your team now has uh, a, like a greater understanding of like who the community is and, and what those people want so it really is like it works both ways and um it, it, it's awesome to hear that that it's worked so well for you guys so far yeah, and actually something really funny happened on the stream last night because, well, our community team is two people. Yep. It's me and Gordon. And last night I was chatting on the Twitch stream under the, like, generic proletariat handle. And uh, I said something, and Seth in the stream goes, oh, thanks, Gordon. And somebody random in the chat goes, uh, Kristen is on the account today. <laughs> so <laughs> you should apologize, Seth. That's awesome. <laughs> And then, of course, there's, like, a million chats going on, so I, like, totally, it's really hard for me to keep up as to, like, who is controlling what, and so, yeah, it was kind of funny. The other thing that, not only has Caleb been a great pickup in terms of QA, the streamers love his beard. Oh, oh my God. God. He's got a pretty nice beard. It's illustrious. It's, like, oh, fantastic. He's immediately the most, like, popular person when he gets on the camera, because everybody's like, oh, my God, beard. Oh, <laughs> solid beard, great tattoos. You should grow a beard. So nice face. You should all do beards once you <laughs> And be like, yeah, I'm sick of this. I'm beards sick of Caleb beard. getting all the limelight. So just don't tell him that Everybody, have the whole beards. team walk in with fake beards. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm going to put an Amazon order for long white beards. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet you that would be something that you guys would, would um, I don't know if you guys have been doing this with the Amplitude streams yet, but we sometimes on Fridays just like leave a whole section open to just answer questions from people. And yeah. our like most engaged uh, people that the ones that show up to all the streams like love it and they, they will like be like hey can you put Caleb on camera and they'll put him on and like ask a bunch of questions about like hey how did you get into the we get the qu the number one question is how did you get into the industry and like yep. can you tell me mm -hmm. a little bit about that um, and and it's really fun and I think that people the people on the team really enjoy answering like sitting down and actually answering those questions directly yeah. interacting and that's something that the live stream has a, as an advantage over doing like a, a YouTube channel or anything else like that and so um that's something I'm sure that you guys would like get a ton of questions with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. We've done in the past where we actually, you know, send out emails or, or tweets or post on forums like, hey, if you have questions, like send them in to us and we'll answer a bunch on the stream for those that like can't make it and we just post them all. We post the, you know, YouTube videos up afterwards of the weekly streams and so that's that I think is my like the most fun part of the streams is when we actually like, get to the questions and people have a bunch that they, you know, because it it sort of gives us an opportunity to just interact directly with them. Although yeah. you do have like the 40 second delay, so it can be really awkward <laughs> when you're having that discussion, but um, that stuff's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have the same experience uh, where it's almost like a, like a miniature, um, like a miniature convention where like 
being able to bring our devs out to to E3 or PAX, like being able to interact with people like in person, definitely get gets everyone like super recharged to like come back to the office and like get get ready to work. Um, but to be able to do it on the live stream as kind of like a uh, like a smaller version of that, and to be able to like interact with people on a week to week basis is like another really great way to like make sure that everyone on the team is able to get that that real time feedback. Yeah, I mean that's definitely I think the, the one of the interesting things about having having everyone have to get up and kind of get on the live stream is just like they just suck in the positive energy of, of people being like that was so awesome like that animation was really cool or that piece of art looks looks really great we we did this um, uh, a couple weeks ago we did a stream where we showed off like the new like boss like hero units we put in the game and the reaction to those was just like not only from the team but from the people watching was just like yeah. all these oohs and ahs and you could just tell that everybody was getting excited for that sort of that sort of stuff and um and it makes it kind of fun to be able to, to show that off and then get, you know, immediate feedback from people being like, hey, I can't wait for this to come into the game, so. That was awesome with the bosses, um, specifically, because it was week over week over week from sketches and concepts all the way into implementation into the game. So then when the people who are playing the beta actually got it, they knew exactly what to expect, and they had seen it go from concept to playing it in the game, and I feel like that was really rewarding for them, and people were psyched about it. Yeah, they were excited right away, and as soon as the update came out, they were like, oh my god, this is the update with the bosses in it, right? Yeah. And we were like, yes, and you know, we do keep some stuff back, we didn't sort of show them exactly like how you would get them, yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that, but there is something cool about just teasing enough to, to build up the interest. Yeah, and especially over time like that, too, like I think it helps like really educate people where they can see, oh, well, it takes that long from the sketch to like the implementation. Uh, like to be able to understand that it's not this kind of like immediate wish fulfillment where like people will request a thing on Monday and expect it in the game on Tuesday. Like the hope is that if they're able to see that evolution over time, then they, they get a better understanding of where you guys are coming from and what you have to go through just to get anything in the game. And it was both ways too. Like we got really hyped based on the feedback that we were getting from people and how excited they were. Nice. Yeah, it made us really, I think, understand how, how impactful the feature is. And I think it points to opportunities we have coming up where we could actually get even more feedback earlier and be like, you know, hey, what features are the most interesting to you guys of these, like, this set of three, like, what would you want to see first, you know, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of work with people directly to get to get the, the features in the game that people really want, because, you know, we do our best to, to make those decisions, but at the end of the day, it can be really hard to know, like, what, what will have the most impact. So. Yeah, most definitely. Cool. Well, we've talked a lot about process, but we haven't actually, or in, like, just, like, general community sharing and interaction, but we haven't actually talked a lot about what the game is. Yeah, so the game is basically uh, a tower defense MMO of sorts, I guess. You you know, if you play as the humans, you play effectively a version of tower defense where, you know, hordes of zombies are coming in and you need to defend against them. Mm -hmm. If you place down um, your different units, uh, like the boss unit we were just talking about, into different locations to try and just, like, strategically take out the zombies as they come in. Now, if you play as the zombies, it's the reverse. So that's, like, kind of the fun part here is that, you know, both sides play very differently. Yeah. Um, and so the zombies, you actually control, like, a zombie horde up to you know, 500 units on screen, and you create all these massive, massive groups of drone zombies, and then you mutate those into more powerful ones. So we have all these different types of units that do different things. Um, my favorites on the on the zombie side is we have we have these like really big kind of tanky units that like soak up a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them is armored, and so he has like really funny armor on. He's got like a 
you know, because you can imagine, like, a giant monster zombie, what would he wear for armor? Yeah. It's actually, like, really improvised, so he's got, you know, like, a manhole cover, like, taped to his <laughs> chest, and he's That's got awesome. cones on his arm, on his, like, hands. And his real name is the Titan, it's right? It's a Titan, yeah. It's sometimes hard to remember, because we always call him Conan's. Yeah. Conan's a little bit. The other thing, he has, oh, he has a, a fire hydrant, like, strapped to his shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like, really, it's a, it's a really great, um, uh, one. But the other, the other one's really awesome for the zombies is they have the uh, delivery man, which is like a really fast, like running zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got propane tanks strapped to him, and so he just gets close to other humans and explodes. Um, so he's a pretty fun unit to use. And for the zombies, your 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 goal is to you know kill all the humans and destroy their objective buildings uh, on a given mission. And that that sort of moment to moment gameplay then boils up into uh, the MMO aspect, which is you're playing on a shared world map that everyone sees and cities basically become available for people to fight over. So, you know, Berlin may be available and then everyone can go to Berlin and try to take it for their faction. And if they do, they actually get a buff for like a certain amount of time afterwards. So it's sort of like a constantly evolving um, uh, set of, you know, places to go and take over. And, you know, so your faction and your guild can actually try to take these down. And so that's the way the the game kind of works on um, on both sides. And we're... We're in the process right now, um, you know, the game's been out in, in like a beta for about six, seven weeks now, and mm-hmm. so we're, we're working through a lot of the stuff that you'd expect in a beta. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, overall, the, the initial feedback has been great, and we're excited with the direction it's, it's kind of headed, and, um, and we're really focused on trying to make the sort of like team-based, like, guild experience awesome, and so that's one of the things that we kind of learned from our past lives doing, doing other games, is that, that that's something that we kind of miss. We miss doing the four-hour raids in MMOs because we just we don't have time to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, can we get can we boil some of that down into a 15-minute session I can do twice a day where I still feel like I'm interacting with other friends in my guild and it matters um, and we're doing interesting stuff. And, and it's awesome to see some of the players even now talking about how like they want to be the top guild in the world and you know they message us yeah, they yeah, email yeah. us and they're like how like what are the you know how do we how do we become you know where's the leaderboard are we the best guild and so it's like kind of funny to to see that stuff and then that leads us to like you know. Maybe we should have a leaderboard there that actually shows which one. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. um, But again, like that was one of the things with this type of game is try to get it out into beta quickly, knowing that it's like gonna spend some time there, like you would expect any MMO. But that's the way the game plays, and we'll get you guys all in the beta so you can try it out. I don't know. I don't know which side you would choose hearing that description. I would. I would probably go with zombies. You sent me a build many, 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 many months ago that I played, and I picked zombies when I when I first started playing. Oh, but I haven't right. checked out the game in a while, so maybe I'll go with humans this time. What? what where you? Where do you guys fall? I'm a double agent. Uh, <laughs> it's a cop out. Uh, I'm uh, so I've gone over the course of development back and forth a couple of times, but I'm a human player right now. Uh, like my main account is human. Um, I just I love tower defense. I just like I can't. That type of gameplay just really appeals to me, and and you know while the zombie gameplay is definitely interesting and cool, and it gets when you get up there in levels, it gets really puzzling, which is kind of fun. Um, uh, where in the early game, it's a little bit more actiony. It's uh, there's something about the tower defense that just I really like. So I'm, I'm sticking with humans probably. Uh, I will I will eventually we're going to eventually allow for for players to basically play on both sides um, with a nice. single account, uh, and and that'll let people sort of sample both and, and have fun with both. The thing that I love is that what I've seen in a lot of people is they, once they try both sides, they'll get really loyal to one faction. They'll be like, humans forever! Zombies for life! 
Yeah, it's really funny. We had, you know, the, the top guild on the zombie side um, was, like, trying to find the top guild on the human side. We don't allow them to chat with each other. Oh, we man. actually, like, segment, so it's, like, faction chat only. Um, <laughs> and they were, like, searching everywhere. They were, like, trying to figure out who they were and everything. And it was, because you can see them, individual players in one of these cities in, like, Berlin, you actually can see who the top players are, and it shows their guild. Yeah, yeah. And so they knew who, like, the other top players were. Man. And so they were, like, super competitive about it, and they wanted to, like, know and, like, contact the other guild. And, That's like, dedication. <laughs> and so it's... Um, uh, that, but that's a, that's the sort of thing that we you know that's that's really fun to see. It's great to see that those that those people are uh, are taking it so seriously and having a lot of fun with it. And that's that's what we tried to build is that that sort of a game that could have that kind of depth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you guys like you have fast zombies and traditional like slow moving zombies. So you've covered all your bases. Like you clearly tapped into the zombie community <laughs> and the the division within. Well, I think zombies was just like. Well, it was a creative jumping off point, because once you look at all the different types of characters there are, especially for the zombies, it's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a zombie with propane. Or my favorite is the biohazard, because he wears a hazmat suit, it's so cute. I mean, the interesting thing with the with the zombie theme is a lot of people would do the eye roll, I'm like, oh, another zombie game, do right. need another one? And, we, we kind of uh, saw it as an opportunity to, to take the theme in a little bit of a different direction because it isn't uh, like Last, for, Last of Us or like Left 4 Dead style yep. game. It's not survival horror and it's actually much more light. It's sort of like a, um, uh, you know, the gameplay and just like the color choices and all the characters and stuff are a little bit more um, cartoony. Not, I don't want to say cartoony, I guess like a little more stylized. And, um, and the general like feel of the game is not... Is not like oh it's the end of the world like whatever it's much more Mad Max it's like hey like the world ended but we're still humans and we're still gonna do like what humans do so instead of you know the the, the gunfighter or the or you know any of the human characters actually like waking up and going to the office they like wake up and kill zombies you yeah, know? yeah but it's not but they're not afraid of it right it's not it's not something where it's which a dreary kind of future it's you know it's, it's right. like false it's not it's so just yeah. the thing you have to yeah. do yeah. and we try to like have a little fun with it too in terms of the. In terms of you know, we try to we try to keep it light. We try to put in a couple of jokes here and there whenever we can, and and just you know make it like it's a fun place to hang out, not a place that you sort of resent. I mean, that was that was one of the things about like playing The Last of Us, where you're just like, oh, like I don't know if I can keep going because this makes me sad. Yeah, I had so. to play that in short sessions because I was just like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what platforms will be on? So we're coming on iOS and Android first, and then we are. Um, Trying to figure out the right time frame to bring it to the PC, the Mac, and to bring it probably maybe even to web. We're like looking at additional platforms. So the game's built in Unity, which is really nice. So it means that um, that we have some cross-platform capabilities. Although every time that uh, I've talked to the developer, they've told me like, "Oh yeah, like bring it to another platform, it'd be no problem. Like this will definitely work." It always ends up being way more work than we ever thought. Yeah. So, uh, but that's the plan right now is iOS and Android. Um, probably right around the same time. We don't know exactly like how close we're pretty small so we're, we're trying to not overwhelm ourselves with with doing multiple releases on the same platform at the same time so um so that's the that's the uh that's what we're, we're looking looking at right now we're considering some other platforms too we occasionally get asked like is it coming to the wii u um and you know we we're considering a lot of that stuff and, and some of it will just depend on what you know what our what our um uh what we sort of have for available time when, when we get there. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, makes sense. Like, porting it to different platforms, is, as you guys know, is one of those things that is, 
is always ends up being a lot of work. So it, you know you want to you want to be careful before you dive yeah. in. It's way um, easier said than done. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, for sure. Um, so we'll make sure that like all the links and URLs and stuff are listed in the podcast description. But yep. if you want to give a plug now to where people can go to sign up for the beta. Uh, sure. <laughs> Go to your computer, open a browser, and type www.worldzombination.com slash beta. And then hit enter. <laughs> Good. Very thorough. And just, and just wait. Don't hit enter. And, and yeah, don't leave the computer. Just hang around. Just hang tight. It'll be in the mail in five minutes. <laughs> Go to google.com, type in AOL keyword, click on that link. Um, and are you guys planning on hitting up any uh, any trade shows or conventions over the summer? We're still trying to figure that out. We're contemplating PAX Prime. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Um, it's something that we're, we're trying to consider. How many of us could actually go? It's sort of like because the game's live now. It's like really scary yeah. to like pick up the team for like a week. And yeah, go every person you said is one person who's uh, not working on the game. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's um, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that will be. But um, we're you know we we were lucky enough to actually be at both like PAX Prime and PAX East in the past over the past year, and that's been super fun. So you know hopefully we can get back there. We'll see. You could just send Kristen dresses cone hands. Just send her walk around packs with iPads attached. No, be like, you want a demo? Too bad. These are these are not capacitive cones. <laughs> yeah, we um, you know, it's it, we've had the opportunity to show it in a number of different shows, and it's always super fun. I think the the last place we showed it was actually at GDC. Is that right? We showed it. We were in the Unity booth at GDC. Back East was after that, right? Uh, oh no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The one that overlapped. They really were really close, close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, next year is when it's actually going to overlap. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the nightmare that I'm thinking about. Cannot wait for that. I mean, it'll be fun. No, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun great. Nightmare. Uh, it'll be like the, the, the year... Nightmare. Like the last of us. Was it, I think it was the year before you came to Harmonics, Nick, that Gamescom and PAX Prime were a day apart. Yeah. So we went from Boston to Germany to Seattle with no breaks in between. <laughs> there, there was the, I think it was last year, where we were at Gamescom, and Drake and Annette left Gamescom to go to the GameStop Managers Conference, because there was like two yes. days yeah. between yeah. that. And then they went, to to, they went to Vegas to show Fantasia to GameStop Managers, and then they came to Seattle. Yeah. So that was a nightmare for them. Yeah, so let's not do that anymore. We should do that every year, once a month. But then you and Jessa had a bad, too, because you had to come back from Germany to Boston for two days and then go to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So it was basically the same thing. I slept for 48 hours and then got on a plane and went to Seattle. So, so is, is Gamescom awesome? I've never been. And I hear it's this awesome. is a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I should say. It <laughs> is, Whatever you say, I'm going to go on the internet. It is definitely an experience. Like, it is so much bigger and so much crazier than every other show that we go to. Like, E3 yeah. this year, like, set an attendance record, I think, and it was just over 50,000 Yeah, but it didn't people. seem like there were that many people there. Maybe that's Yeah, because there were fewer exhibitors this year. year. So 50,000 people is, like, the biggest E3 of all time, and Gamescom is 250,000 people. Yeah. Like, yeah, so imagine the loudest, most, the crowded E3 you could think of. Yeah. And then, like, like, triple that. A constant crush. It's, like, a five-day show. The show floor hours are longer. Um, air conditioning is not a there's thing. No air conditioning. There's no air conditioning. There's no ice. They don't believe in ice. ice. They don't believe in ice. If you're like, I'm real thirsty, I need something to drink. And they're like, here's yeah. just water. So if you're like, demoing games where you have to like dance for eight hours a day, yeah. that's not really helpful. 
There was so, a dude playing the tuba right near when we were trying to demo Fantasia at some point last year. I was like, what is even happening with this? Yeah. Can't stop it either. It's uh, just happening. So it's definitely it's definitely a trip. Like it is a wild, wild show. It's it's really cool uh, that the audience is so varied because it's not it's not like PAX where you can say, all right, everyone here is a gamer and they care about games, uh, or even E three where you can like safely assume that everyone is either like a dev or press, like somehow involved in games journalism. Uh, like Gamescom is just like all things to all people in Europe. So there's like grandparents who will just show up because they have nothing else to do that day. Uh, there's kids who will just be like, it's almost like a daycare where they just like are given a pass and are just left to roam the halls of yeah. Gamescom. Uh, you will see so many people sleeping. Like, yeah, just, just showing up to sleep. Just hanging out. Like Ubisoft had these massive bleachers and these massive screens where they were just playing their trailers all day long, and literally people would just be like, what, just sleeping up. up yes. And, and the guy with the tuba is just like, just It is like European festival culture is so much different than US yeah. uh, festival culture. Yeah. They love it when you shoot t shirts at them, like at a cannon. They love that. Yeah. They love it when. So I, we did a bunch of presentations for Fantasia on the Microsoft stage, uh, me and Jessa. And so it took me a couple of like days to get acclimated to what they wanted. Because the first time I was there, I was like talking in English, I don't speak any German, like yeah. I don't know how many of them understood me. So I would say something, then our translator would say something, they'd be like, oh, okay, this is good, blah, blah, And like, the demos went fine. By the third day, I was like, what they want from me is for me to scream some nonsense at them, yep. for them to repeat it back at me really, really loud, for me to do that like six or seven times, and then shoot t-shirts at them. Yep. Like, it did not matter what the game was. Like, I was just like, T-shirts! And then they would t-shirts! yell T-shirts back at me. And I'd be like, Fantasia! And they'd yell Fantasia back at me. <laughs> so you, you I would do great crime. there. Yeah, you would do great. Yeah. So you're going to go to Gamescom for harmonics this year. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else All right, has to stay I home. need, like, five T-shirt cannons. Yeah, yeah, and they have them there. I think they're like, they're should, aren't they illegal in the United States? And I need I some, some Ricolas. Yeah, yeah, you need some, yeah, you're absolutely going to need some of that. I don't we know had, why you assume, Nick, that I would immediately know whether or not t-shirt cannons You seem like the kind of person who would know exactly what uh, nope. the deal is with t-shirt cannons. Sadly, unimportant. We'll find we, out. We had, we, had, show, we'll we had these metal pins made up, these these pins with Nian Sid from Fantasia on it, yeah. made up for, I don't remember why. We had them at, at Gamescom. We had them at a bunch of shows. We had them at a bunch of shows. And at one point, one of the girls they had hired literally tried to shove the pins into one of the cannons <laughs> and shoot them at the audience. And I was like, no, no, hand them to people. You will kill people. Wow. Oh, no. And they will die. That's Gamescom in a nutshell. Yeah. That's story shooting pins is pretty, pretty much perfect. But isn't like the first, the first part's press only? Is that true? Or is it... I think the first day is maybe press only and then they kind of open the door. So there is like... The, the giant, like, it's the second largest convention center in the world, I think. Um, and uh, they've got these giant, like, airplane hangers where all the exhibitors are set up. But then there's an entirely separate hall, like, literally a half a mile away, uh, like, within the same hall, where it's just, like, biz dev meetings. Yeah. Um, so there's all, like, it, it covers all the bases that you would have at E3 and at PAX and at GDC. So you have... Uh, like developers and um, you know business meetings behind closed doors and there's press stuff going on, um, but it's all happening at once. Um, it's and you can buy beer just right and, at the oh, right yeah, the beer everywhere, all over the place. I'm tired just thinking. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's really exhausting. <laughs> so I assume you guys are going to be going this year. We'll probably be going. 
Yeah. We'll probably have some set up. Yeah. Um, I think things will probably be t-shirt canvas for sure. Yeah. For sure. So I actually got an email today from our folks at Disney, and they're like, I think they, you know, Microsoft wants us to do some stuff, and this is not confirmed yet for for Gamescom. Like, so you might do a stage presentation again. Are we going to need swag? And meaning you like all caps. I was like, just spend yes. all of the money on yeah. things to throw at the crowds. <laughs> Dude, does not yeah. matter what. Make That's make sure it's all, all soft want. things. <laughs> yep. I got in trouble one year with the cleaning staff at Gamescom um, because they would come by at the end of every day and they would ask us for all the leftover swag that we had. And we'd be like, well, no, that's like literally thousands of T-shirts that we have left over. We're going to give them away tomorrow. Um, But they would keep coming back. uh, And there was like a, a sad little old man, like probably like 100 years old, and he would just like come and stand at the edge of the stage and our Beatles stage, through uh, like some bizarre circumstances, was literally six feet tall. Um, I think that there was a problem between like inches and feet displayed uh, <laughs> on the build of the stage. So we were like very, very high, uh, and people would walk by and they would grab our ankles. So the cleaning guy would come by and he would grab the ankles of our employees. Uh, and so finally, I was like, "Look, I will give you a T-shirt if you just please leave us alone." And so I gave him a Beatles Rock Band t-shirt, and he thanked me, and uh, he, he kind of, like, doddered away. And then five minutes later, the other dozen guys in the cleaning crew came over with the little old man that I helped. And they were like, he got a shirt. And they are like, oh, God, well, now we're, like, on the hook for everyone in the cleaning staff. <laughs> Gamescom, giant They hall. all just really love Beatles Rock Band. They just, they love the Beatles. They love free stuff. Love it was so much. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting show. Like it's definitely worth going at least once. If you can only go once, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems it seems like it would be really cool. I've heard from a, a lot of people that it's like, you know, imagine it's like packs, but three times the size. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. That doesn't compute for fathom. me. Like that, you know, when we did Pax Prime last year, we were in this tiny, tiny booth. We had like a little, you know, we were inside the indie mega booth, and yep. we were inside the mini booth in the mega booth, and so we had. A little round table and four of us standing around there with iPads and there's one of those things where we were you know towards the end of the day on like the the third day we're like all right it's fine Monday is is you know it's a day off it'll probably be easier no big deal and we stupidly like went out after afterwards and <laughs> we were all so hungover the next day yep. and no voices left and of course Monday was like the worst day of all of them yeah. in terms of tons of people being there and it was one of those things where we all looked at each other and we were like, we're never again doing a show that's this long. <laughs> like, and I can't imagine doing a five-day one. The four-day one was, like, so brutal. And luckily, you know, PAX East was only three. And I don't yep. know if they're doing four again for I Prime, think, but... I think they I think are. Because so, it was so Prime. successful. Oh so God. I think last so year was the first four-day. Was that the, yeah. Yeah. the four-day? Yeah. So I remember Sunday we forgot. looking over at somebody and being like, I'm so tired. I'm so glad that this is over. And they would, like, just a day. Oh, God. Collapse into a pile. I spent a lot of Monday of PAX sleeping in the back of our booth, like, napping every time I had a break underneath the tables. We had, like, this big curtain uh, where, like, we had our our newsletter sign-ups and we were talking about Fantasia and showing trailers uh, on the public-facing side. And then we had all the swag and stuff in boxes behind and we had a couple of tables and I would just crawl under the table and lay down and take a nap. And Jessica would just peek underneath, yeah. like, she or Ned or somebody would come looking for me. 
I think I have a good picture of Annette laying face down in a pile of Fantasia hats, <laughs> like just completely passed out. Yeah. yeah. I have hundreds of pictures of people on our team sleeping just, on floors yeah. all over the world. Isn't there a story from Pax Prime with Jeff where he like wandered off to get a sandwich, but he fell asleep, and then he was like, there was like a whole other person? Yeah, so we, uh, this is the infamous proletariat hobo nap story. So <laughs> I, I assume that I'm going to be calling Jeff Pitch out for on this, but no, you guys fair. guys know him, so mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, he he had a particularly rough night on that Sunday and was was quite tired and come around to his break time on Monday. We sort of were switching off every other hour, so two of us were because we couldn't even fit all four of us in the space, so we were actually just, like, letting two people present and show the game and then, like, having the other two people come relieve them and switching off every hour just so some people could try to keep their voices. Yeah. And Jeff went to, like, take his break in the afternoon and, like, got food or whatever and was sitting outside because there's a little outdoor area in the Seattle Convention Center that's, like, kind of like the park or whatever on one of those benches, and apparently he just, like, fell asleep. And we were all calling him because it had been two and a half hours, and we are like, are you sure it's okay? And he just, like, staggers back to the booth eventually, and he's like... I just, I woke up next to a hobo. And we, just, uh, we, we didn't actually get the whole story until like a couple of days later, but it was one of those things where it was, you know, it, it, he was just, he was kind of like shocked and a little bit appalled and like, you know, kind of sad too. Because yeah. he was like, man, it was actually a really good nap. So it was like, yes, because of the hobo. <laughs> you know, you got to have somebody to cuddle with you if you're going to Exactly. Yes, yeah, so that, so, you know, for everyone, for everyone that comes, that comes to, uh, comes to these these shows, you're not going to see what it's like from our side of things, you know? <laughs> and how uh, it's 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 super fun. I still have fun doing yeah. it, but man, it is it is tiring. Yeah, for um, sure. But I mean, again, like that's one of those things you you come back from that, and once you've like recovered and have your voice back like a week later, you're so energized to yeah, make yeah. games. Most like all of these so people fun. are so into it, and the the thing that I really love the it's it's really great for us to watch. I love when kids come up and play the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's super fun to see. Um, the other thing that is really great is when we get people that come by the booth, play the game, and then come back like later in the afternoon with some of their friends, and like you have to yeah, play yeah, this. Yeah. And it's like yeah. those moments where I just—that's what is like the most fulfilling part, I think, of, of a game development thing, where like someone thinks this is cool enough that they like pulled their friends away yep. from, especially because we're like a really small studio, like they pulled their friends away from some, you know, other because you know we're in this tiny booth, and there's so much competition for eyeballs yeah, at those yeah, places. It's like. So you're gonna you pulled some people away from that giant evolve monster yeah. dinosaur thing <laughs> to come check this out like that's awesome and so um, that that feels really great. If that evolve monster had cones on his hands, maybe yeah. yes, they yeah, would be interested. Yeah, yeah right so those guys at Total Rock should right? give us a call. We have some art direction. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, no, more well, when you guys are done with that, just send it over. I'll repaint <laughs> yeah. it. Some cones on it. Cones yeah, on his hands. Uh, so that's definitely something to look forward to this summer. Uh, we'll definitely be at a lot of shows. I know Annette's hitting the road next week for some foolish thing. Yeah, she's doing some behind-the-scenes stuff uh, for Disney, um, talking to some folks out um, in New York, and then we'll be doing Comic-Con. Yeah, we're at San Diego uh, Comic-Con at the end of the month. Comic-Con. Yeah, so if you... I don't know if that's... I don't know when this podcast is going up, but here's the official announcement. We'll be at the Xbox... Um, I don't know what they're calling it, The Xbox Lounge... Um, I think the Hyatt, I might be wrong. Some hotel. The Hard Rock across nope, the street? not the Hard Rock. Not the Hard Rock. Maybe the Hyatt. Don't listen I'll to me. I'll get the real the information Hyatt. from Jessa. And we'll put it in, in the, in the, the links below. Yes. Just go into your web browser, yeah. open up your yeah. computer, we'll type just, in your... Official announcement. Official. Maybe somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. somewhere. So we'll be there with uh, both uh, Fantasia and Dan Central Spotlight. So that should be a lot of fun. We'll be there for three of the four days. 
Cool. Uh, and you're going to bring me something back from Gamescom, or from, uh, from, from Comic-Con, right? Yes, what would you like? Um, I'll give you a shopping list. Okay. <laughs> I don't have an actual pass to Comic-Con. I You'll actually. figure it out. I know. I'm, I'm already, I'm already working my magic. magic. I have Saturday off. Do you? Yeah, because they are, uh, Microsoft is having a Connect uh, Sports Rivals tournament on Saturday, okay. so they are cutting down all of their Connect games that are not Connect Sports Rivals, which means I get to hang out in San Diego. So how about this? Uh, we're doing Disney Fantasia Music Evolved. Uh, Disney owns Marvel. Marvel is going to have a huge setup on the show floor. You just just follow the money. Just follow the money. No. I don't think that's how it's that works. It's going to be fun. I have faith in you. I did get from, this is sort of related, sort of a tangent, I got um, limited edition Deadpool Rebox from Ryan. From oh, really? They're in my office. If you'd like to see them, I'll show them to you. But no touching. <laughs> yeah, no touching. I believe they're, they're worth money. I Can believe they're like one shoes. of a kind. I think there are like five of them in existence. Like Deadpool shoes. I remember, like, I haven't been to Comic-Con in a really long time, but back when, like, many, many years ago, I was actually working in L.A., and you... You could get the industry pass and yep. go for like a day. Is that still a thing that they do? Oh, I do. It was awesome. So. It was when it was like still relatively small. I hear like now, you know, of course it's like blown up to be yeah, it's bigger, yeah. That was so cool because you would you just like be like, Yep, I'm part of the industry and they'd be like, Here you go, here's your pass and yeah. and you could just go down there. I went down there for a single day and like saw everything and I was like, This was so awesome and then I remember like two or three years later seeing pictures from the show and I'm like, That is nothing like the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's changed very, very quickly and and a lot. Is there a lot of game stuff there? Uh, there, there has been. Um, yeah. I mean, to the point where it's like getting crowded off the show floor now, where it's in these kind of exterior gaming lounges. Um, but just, I, it's really it depends like on the year. It depends on what Vegas. what you know the the platform holders are doing. Point like, cycle. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ubisoft usually does a bunch of cool stuff out there. Last year they had a uh, party on a pirate ship for Assassin's Creed. That was pretty good. That was yeah. a good time. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's fun. It's good. I actually like Comic Con a lot. I, especially if I don't have to work on the show floors, so I could just like go there and I can get the limited edition thing that I want and then leave. Or the, you mean the thing? <laughs> yeah, you can go and get the limited edition thing. Gotcha. Uh, so that's coming up at the end of the month. Um, I think right before the next podcast, maybe yeah. maybe half the team will be out when we do the next podcast. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll have to figure that out. We'll see if we can get Pope back on the show. He hasn't been on the podcast in ages. What's that guy doing? He's working He's on so, so many games. We have games? We have, like, more games than we know what to do with. Oh, yeah. Like, more <laughs> games than any reasonable studio should I should see out. some of those things. Um, so we'll be showing a lot of those games off at San Diego Comic-Con. We'll be at Gamescom in some capacity. Uh, PAX Prime. Probably a variety of other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, likely showing off uh, Disney Fantasia Music Evolved, Dane Central Spotlight. Um, Amplitude uh, is the hope right now, um, and then maybe by the end of the summer we'll have something else announced. Yeah. Tough to say at this point. Yeah. Tough oh, to no. say. No promises. Uh, check with Pope. Pope's working on all those games. Um, <laughs> he'll tell you, like, it's like a leprechaun. If you can find him in the wild, he is obligated to tell you what games he's working on. Nope, can't do that. <laughs> Pope, if you're listening to me, you can't do that. That's not how Don't, yes. don't encourage it. It's not how leprechauns Pope, work. Pope gets enough people finding him in the wild and tweeting at him. <laughs> Rather than true. saying hello, they tweet at him. Like, people that will see him on the bus or at a movie theater will yeah. tweet, like, yeah. hey, I just saw you at the movies. Like, That's happened to me a couple times, too. Oh, my God. Why didn't you just say hello instead of tweeting at me nope. two hours later? I saw you on the green line today. Where were you going? I don't know. You should have said hi to me. You're yeah. freaking me out now. <laughs> Super weird. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I was, like, coming up, walking through the hallway here, and I, I heard some people talking about games, and I'm like, I... Those, I don't even, I've never even heard of those things. I don't even know what those are. And I was like, I was 
like, wow, you guys are doing a lot of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, it must be really exciting for you guys right now to like, have all that, have all those things going on. It's really cool. Because I know that for a while there, you guys were only doing like one or two games at a time, yep. right? So yeah. now it's like a lot of... A it's lot interesting of going from working on like one or two big retail games to doing really, really interesting, different, smaller projects, um, which is something we've been really interested in doing for a while. So it's exciting to actually see these projects coming together. Yeah, especially games that are so different from what we've worked on yeah. previously. And super different from one another, too. Yeah, yeah. I think once we can actually, like, once Pope actually once gets Pope caught, can talk about <laughs> yeah. can talk about those things, I, I think it'll it'll be really interesting to see how the community reacts to, like, the kind of the, the harebrained stuff that we have going on. And just to, to see, like, the, the breadth of, uh, like, the diversity in those games and um, the, the kind of stuff that we're working on. But that is later in the summer. For right now, we'll just worry about San Diego Comic-Con, and we'll just get through that together. And it'll be fine. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to keep telling myself until you stop laughing, Christine. I, I was laughing I, at so that is, that is neither of you guys are going to Comic-Con. Wait, so, so I'm, what are you that's worried nervous about? laughter because I'm the only member of the team that has not yet gone to Gamescom, and we don't know our plans for Gamescom yet. And so I am... I, don't know, I could make something happen. I'm a nervous. I could make something happen if you really want to go to Gamescom. I didn't say I really want to go to Gamescom. Okay. I'm a little bit nervous about the idea of going. To I heard you really want to go to Gamescom. Yeah, how do you choose who goes? Is it like a little roulette action? Like it's a uh, step one: find out who has a passport. Uh, <laughs> send all those people. Yeah. Uh, it, it also depends on which games are going. Yeah. Because yeah, some sense. people are better at uh, demoing certain games and balancing that. It also depends on how we need to send them to other places. Like the same thing where we had to send you know, two people to leave Gamescom early to go to another event and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, let's see. It'll be fun. It'll be fun figuring that out. Yeah. And if you guys want to go to Gamescom instead of me, <laughs> I can show you how to demo Fantasia real quick. Uh, you so guys have got like Show me where the buttons on the get. t-shirt gun are. The question is like, can we we forgo the demoing of Fantasia and try to build a like mech that shoots t-shirts. This would be incredible. So they should have done that for money. Like, that's why you're the boss. Because so. <laughs> yeah. they, they had that big uh, respawn did, they had the big titan that they created. If like every 20 minutes it like came to life and shot t-shirts <laughs> at the crowd. Right. T-shirts. So that's where we, we'll talk to Abby. Have I will. We'll we'll t-shirt gun cone hands. Exactly. Yeah. We'll combine all of these. We get Abby to give us the titan. We put cones on it. Cones on it, and then we'll shoot Fantasia T-shirts, and we'll just cover all the bases. Done. Here you go. Awesome. Heard it here first. First proletariat harmonics <laughs> Kickstarter <laughs> combination. Official announcement. A mech T-shirt, game. right? I like it, man. I I think that's the high note that we want to end this podcast on. <laughs> I got nothing. It's else. not it's not going to go anywhere but down from there. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, we'll have all the relevant links for all the awesome stuff for proletariat that you should check out, uh, and then all our boring stuff that you guys already know about. Um, and we will tell you all about the shows and everything that happened at those shows later this summer. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 That's nice. <laughs>